This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCube, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. This week, we're getting a little sporty, but it's not that different because it's also sport with a bit of good and good news about South Africa. And that's what we love celebrating here on the Good Things Guy jackpot. Joe Big is riding the off-roads less traveled and trails never explored across four provinces of South Africa. It is sharing a passion for mountain biking with those who love riding. The communities, the trails, the landscapes, and the feast of flavors all conspire to make this a journey for the soul. Craig Wapnick, a passionate mountain biker and an ex-advertising guy, he was corporate at one stage of his life, has joined us to tell us a little bit more about Joburg to see and the good work they do. Craig, welcome to the Good Things Guy Jackpot. Thanks, Brett. Great to be here. It's cool to have you here. What is this Joburg to see? We see it online and I'm sure uh, a lot of cyclists uh, would know what it is. But for our listeners, what what exactly is Joburg to see? Brent, 10 years ago, Joburg to see started off as an extension of another big event called Sarnia to see and incorporated a bit of another event called Bergen Bush. And we were basically another big, long stage race. Over 10 years, though, we've evolved into a stage ride, a ride for people that need a challenge, a ride for people that want to see South Africa on a mountain bike, provided they're fit enough to enjoy the experience. And I think now we've settled as 80% a ride and 20% a race. But essentially, we are one of the best ways to see South Africa on a bike. Completely. You, I mean, you call it Joburg to see. So obviously, we start in Joburg. I'm assuming so. We start actually, the, the registration is in Joburg. We've got a lot of Joburg influence because you have, we, go to, we use schools. So we're at the Kingsmeads Girls School for registration. But we then go just slightly out of Joburg to where it really begins on off-road. If we were to get from Joburg to the off-road stuff, it would be a logistical challenge, which is probably not worth it. So the riders start about 50k south of Joburg on a farm called Karen Beef. And we start there. And literally, from the time we start until the time we reach Scottborough, it's basically 99% off-road. That is absolutely incredible and scares the living daylights out of me. I've always dreamed of coming on, on the ride, but um, I'm just not fit enough. Like, How many days is it that, you, that you're going to be out there? So you're out there for nine days at an average of 100 kilometers off-road a day. So it's about the equivalent of, of, of 18 back-to-back Cape Cycle Tours. The challenge is is that... You need to be fairly technically proficient as a mountain biker. You need a reasonable mountain bike. I think South Africans have gone a bit mad with the kind of quality of bike that you actually need versus what you what you need. Well, that, well that's a whole thing, right? And we're not going to get too much into it. But the cycling fraternity, I mean, you can spend a whack of money on, on a bicycle nowadays. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a bit obscene in a way. You know, as much as my target market kind of loves to spend a lot of money on toys and stuff, I think we've got to keep it in perspective. You can get some really good full suspension entry-level bikes for around 20 grand, say, which is still not cheap, but it's not as expensive as 150. Yeah. And you can ride Joe see. But you need to do the work. 
and you need to love mountain biking. And I think that's the key dimension for us is that it's a, it's a ride for people that genuinely love riding their bikes as opposed to just a bucket list tick off. We don't want to just be, oh, I did it. I, you know, I've done that. It's actually about what you go through when you go, when you actually ride it and your feelings and your ups and downs and almost like a bit of an escape from normal life and meditation in a way. You just need to want to be away from it all for nine days and things fall into place. You don't have to be super, super fit, but you do need to have an, a good base. Along the way, um, you, you're on the bike for nine days, 100 Ks a day. Where are you sleeping? Are there little camps set up? How does this work? So another way of describing JWTC is, is a moving tented lodge from city to sea. We have established race villages or villages that we set up, but the schools and communities that we pay to feed our riders and to do, they set up all the villages for us. So each village has got its own personality. They have their own tents, which we've purchased for them. So that is the kind of basic level. Then you've got your camper van options for people that want to like just step up a bit. And then obviously you've got the guest houses and different accommodations in the towns. The key thing is not to miss out on the village hospitality and, and passion. So whatever you do, you'll be in the, the big marquee in the evening for incredible food and great presentations and stuff. But the main thing is, is that it's a community-inspired model. So these incredible villages have different personalities. The one's serving Cook Sisters. The next one's got jam tarts or something else. And in addition, and we'll never get that from an outside sort of private company. This is pure South African passion. It's passion and soul, and it's one of the good aspects that we're going to speak about. But it's these communities that come together every single year for the last 10 years, and they open up their schools, and the tani from the farm down the road has made cakes and cook sisters, and they really do come together to celebrate this annual pilgrimage down to Scottborough. For most of our schools along the route, it is their biggest fundraiser of the year by far because it's outside cash coming in. It's not the same people buying the same burgers and buries at a fate. It's actually fresh cash coming in. Secondly, that's the financial component, but you can't replace the fact that these people are creating a, a platform to get together. And one thing I realized when I started working with farmers and farming communities is, is they, they live miles and miles away from each other. So the, the concept of just getting together doesn't happen nearly as much as we think it does. So JOBHC brings a lot of these people together to work for something special, and they have a lot of fun. There's a lot of brandy and coke flying around, <laughs> and there's a lot of chirping, so it's good. The route itself, are you going through farms? How do you route this out? So we've got to charge an entry fee, and we couldn't get away with charging an entry fee if we just took the riders on roads that you could ride anytime. So we've, because, of the, because our communities are getting a lot out of this, the farmers that we've approached where our route makes sense, they've allowed us to go through literally their back doors because they know that it's benefiting the community. So we passed through our 220 farms, private farms, from city to sea. We've obviously got some public sort of sections of, of sand road where we've got to cover big distances. But our, our goal is to get to good trails. And, and I think the average rider, especially our overseas riders, which have like the, it's grown exponentially, they want great trails. And these farmers and people have allowed us to build trails on their farm. They've allowed us to do things that we just were unimaginable 10 years ago. And it's all because like, they can see the end goal, which is benefit to everybody. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you talk about the overseas um, riders coming in. It's great for tourism, for them to see the beauty of South Africa. And these, these farmers that take pride in people coming through their areas, it's just beautiful to see. I think that's the biggest like excitement for us is that naturally we want to look after our South African riders and make sure it's always accessible. 
But the growth in the international market, and as long as we can keep South Africa kind of stable, for you know, on a safety level, is is phenomenal. And that is because there's no fakiness. You can't. There's no like sort of hop. This is real South Africa. They, the riders see it. They sense it. They get to understand that they've actually now covered 900 kilometers of a country, which is a substantial amount of kilometers of a country. And they're telling their friends. And, and you know, that's, that's the best measurement is word of mouth. So yeah. they're telling their friends. And that's all we, all we can focus on is making sure that these guys that are coming from overseas, men and women, are happy. And they seem to be. Craig, how many, um, how many riders do you have each year? We cap it at 800 because it's essential we don't grow to a point where people aren't enjoying themselves. So just like that moving tented lodge component, we are full at 800 riders. We have a crew of about 300, which has to then look after them from masseurs to, and they all travel with us from masseurs to all our branding crew plus, you know, everyone. That just basically makes this event possible. And if we go any bigger, tight, not so cool, you know, queuing more than you should so it's a bit of an experience thing, and you know, after nine days, we can all kill each other if we if we if we in each other's space too much. So, eight hundred is our limit. We spoke a little bit off air about the diversity of the riders, and that's another beautiful aspect of this race, is it brings so many different races, religions, cultures, colours together to make it possible to have a good time over the nine days. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's quite a contentious issue about adventure sports in South Africa in general and the demographics. And our focus is to ensure that more people of color, of all South Africans basically, get exposed to what's available. We understand the nature that not everyone wants to do everything all the time and there's a bit of a cost implication. But that that's no excuse for knowledge. Knowledge about what can be done if you have the resources. And I think our focus at Joba to see is to make sure that genuine passionate mountain bikers of all colors get to ride not just to look good we don't want to look good by getting more people into our event that you know they don't really enjoy it and that is a big focus of us and we're working very closely with with riders in Soweto to grow mountain biking but you spoke a little bit about the brandy and cokes uh, that fly in the marquee afterwards is it quite festive with this diverse group of riders in the evenings look they're shattered the riders are shattered so they don't i keep thinking they might you know, have more beers than they, but the beer sales are good. The craft beer sales, the gin and tonics, it, it, it flows. It's it's good. But but then you also got to get up and ride the next day. Correct. So it's kind of a, a nice balance. It's more, I would say, a real chill zone as opposed to a festive zone. But then that's the kind of tone of Joe, which you see, is that it's not about trying to, there's no hype. It's basically, this is almost like your break. It's your nine days of escape. And in order to fully enjoy that, you need a few drinks just to celebrate a good day. But you need to be up and ready for the next day. So it's at finding that balance. But, I mean, what I can see is people switch off completely and they actually stop thinking. So we've got to do all the thinking for them. <laughs> um, and tell me the charity part. So I know that uh, that riders can ride for charity. Uh, but you guys also have some sort of charity component. The first of those is a thing called the Nelson Mandela Library Project. And one of our riders who did Joe you see in the very beginning just realized how it fitted into his, what he does is he organizes libraries across South Africa. So basically container libraries that they put up to improve literacy. And they have put 14 libraries on our route in the, in the, in the, in the 10 years. And there's just more on the way. And now with the Sage, one of our sponsors, Sage Foundation, they're going to be digitizing two of these libraries already and it's all going to go digital so in these very rural rural communities you're getting access to basically education and means to education and it's real that's the thing brent it's real so we can see the results our riders can see the results and it's you know it's proper and then the other one is working with the surgeons for little lives 
group who are basically the pediatric surgeons at Baraguanath Hospital. They are building new facilities, improving post-operative care, and we side by side with them because, that, for example, this year they had 59 riders riding Joba to see. So they also love riding, but they see it as a vehicle to raise money, but raise awareness. And, I mean, they, they, they can change the face of hospital care, and they are. It is incredible. The rural areas that you drive through, um, you said you've seen a lot of changes over the last 10 years. Do they get involved as well? I mean, you, you're going through these farming communities where they might have more resources, but the rural side, are they, are they part of the race as well? They are. The, the, rural, the rural folks are, are basically, at the we, last few years, we've gone through more and more kind of very rural areas versus kind of urbanized rural areas. And they are completely taken aback with what's going on here. So the, the Induna, which is like kind of the next in line of the, the sort of chief, we took him up for a helicopter flip a few years ago, and he completely gets what we're trying to achieve here. So, and what is happening now is the library is going to hit his area. And then the Department of Agriculture has a person looking after a piece of land that we go through. And now this man is saying, well, can you help with teaching farming, basically? So... There's a transferal of knowledge and skills, and, and I think it's about sharing what's out there. And when you've got a guy who's passionate about farming, but he hasn't necessarily he's been under-resourced, he now has all this farming expertise that we have because we go through farmers that can help him. And it's that kind of shared knowledge, I think, it's just going to grow. And who knows, maybe, maybe out of these rural areas in the next 20 years, you find your top rider. You just Absolutely. don't know, maybe, maybe the mountain biking uh, bug bites someone who sees it. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, with mountain biking, it can be used for, for transport and for pleasure. And I think that is a key feature of where we should be heading. And it's not about, as you say, necessarily finding the best rider. It's about finding riders, people that just want to spend time on their bike. And I think it's opening up. Like imagine a little, a little lighty when you basically see all these guys come through your, like past you and they're flying down single track. What does that do for you? It's now something that you, you, you're now exposed to. And that exposure is crucial. I think it is definitely important. So we've done 10 years. You're going into 2020 next year. Has, uh, has race openings opened? Can people start oh, entering? So we do. We open quite early with an early bird special on 11th of June at uh, 11 a.m. We're going to make it about our 11th year again. But it's, it's actually... Um, an early special, you've got, we've got big discounts for groups if you enter in a big group because we're loving that kind of ethos of all riding together and spending some time together in the chill zones. And yeah, so it, it rolls over from one year to the next because we're out there from now looking for new sections of single track for new routes, trying to improve the experience, meeting farmers. So I think it's kind of an all-year thing and I think the earlier you enter, the more you're in it. Fantastic. If anybody wants to enter, if they want to get any more information, where do they go? They go to joburg2c.co.za. It's that easy, joburg2c.co.za. Craig, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been great having you in studio. Thanks, Brent, and looking forward to having you ride. Oh, thank you, and only good things. I'm Brent Lindekew, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.